Hey, Mike, guess what? What? Mike, raging rivers, hungry bears, drastic avalanches, roaring seas. No matter how prepared you are, a walk in the woods can go from innocent to disaster in the blink of an eye. Yeah. When pushed to their breaking point, humans are capable of astonishing things, things that you would never thought of possible. Yeah. Listen to In the Wild as they explore the most heroic, terrifying, and phenomenal stories of real people who survived the unsurvivable. Learn what went wrong, what went right, and how you can make it out alive if the worst case ever happened to you. In the Wild podcast reviews on Apple include Love Your Podcast from Laura. It's scary how relentless nature can be. I always enjoy this podcast at work. It keeps me on the edge of my seat. Or how about we go with Hiker0001. Uh, good stories and good narration. I like when there are sound effects that add to the ambience of the story. In the Wild podcast on Apple Podcasts and everywhere you get your podcast downloads. Broadcasting across the nation from the East Coast to the West. Keeping you up to date on technology while enjoying a little whiskey on the side. With leading edge topics along with special guests to navigate technology in a segmented stylized radio program. The information that will make you go hmm. Pull up a seat, raise a glass with our hosts as we spend the next hour talking about technology for the common person. Welcome to Tech Time Radio with Nathan Mum. Welcome to Tech Time with Nathan Mum, the show that makes you go, hmm, technology news of the week. The show for the everyday person talking about technology, broadcasting across the nation with insightful segments on subjects weeks ahead of the mainstream media. We welcome our radio audience of 35 million listeners to an hour of insightful technology with a little whiskey on the side. I'm Nathan Mum. Welcome to our show today. We live streamed here on our show on five of the most popular platforms, including YouTube, Twitch.tv, Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. We encourage you to watch us live or visit us online at techtimeradio.com. Tweet us during the show at hashtag techtimeradio, and we'll do our best to respond to the tweets. You can also check out our new TikTok channel by looking for Tech Time Radio on the TikTok app. Get your our intern shorts and full video recaps of the show. I'm your host, a technologist with over 30 years of technology expertise, working for Fortune 500 companies across the country. My co-host, Mike Gurday, is an award-winning author. Originally from Arizona, Mike's a human behavior expert, living in the Seattle area with a master's degree in forensic psychology. Mike helps me from geeking out while providing an insight into human behavior and how it interacts with technology. We're two friends from a different background, but bring the best technology show possible every week for our family, friends, and fans to enjoy. All right, welcome everybody. Let's start today's show. Now on today's show. All right, the first thing on today's show is Mike Gorday is not in studio. So I myself am going to be taking this adventure with Odie alone. We have, though, Nick Espinosa that's going to be joining us. And so I'm sure he's got lots of expertise to add to the show also. On today's show, we're going to be talking about NASA is crashing into asteroids. It's not just a 1980s video game version, but we actually are going to be talking about what happened and what NASA did, some groundbreaking uh, technology used to stop and maybe alter an asteroid. The company is trying that is trying to buy Trump's Truth Social has been struggling to make the transaction of purchasing and to get an office address. We're going to be talking about that as they keep on moving offices from place to place to place. And Apple's Tim Cook is raising the question and awareness of, do we need more women in technology? 
What is domain shadowing, code injection, and what should a preteen use TikTok or other social media? We're going to be asking all these questions and more today with our guest, Nick Espinosa. In addition, we have our standard features, including Mike's Mesmerizing Moment, brought to you by Nathan. That's going to be interesting. We have This Week in Technology, the Technology Fail of the Week, and a possible Nathan Nugget. Finally, our Pick of the Day Whiskey Tasting and our Mark's Mumble. So sit back, raise a glass, and welcome to Tech Time with Nathan Mum. As always, we'll have our whiskey tastings during the commercials to see if our selected whiskey pick gets a zero, one, or two thumbs up at the end of the show. You're going to want to make sure you listen all the way through to pick up some interesting facts on Mark's mumbles that will make you go, mmm, with the whiskey facts of the week. Now it's time to start the latest headlines in the world of technology. What's happening in the world of technology? This is our top stories in the first five minutes. All right. Story number one, Apple chief executive Tim Cook says there is still not enough women at the table in the world's tech firms, including his own. In an interview with the BBC, Mr. Cook said technology will not achieve nearly what it could achieve without more diverse workforces. He said there's no good excuses for the lack of women in the sector, including his company. He also then said that he thinks augmented reality, AR, and the concept of the metaverse is profound. In the future, people will wonder how we lived without AR, he said. We're investing a ton into that space. Augmented reality is the mixture, again, of digital content and the real world. A very simple example might be using the phone on your camera to insert virtual furniture before you buy it, to see how it might look in your house and to have a better perspective. The metaverse is a concept of entire virtual worlds, and big tech is invested heavily in this race. Will it be Apple? Facebook or slash meta or somebody else who is going to win this revolution of creating a virtual environment. Let us know by giving us some feedback. Send us an email at host at techtimeradio.com on your thoughts of what the metaverse is and who will take the leadership in that. All right. Story number two. Uh, this is where Mike Corday would normally talk. So hi, Nathan. Okay. That's what he'd say. Now it's a NASA Type of deal since he's our space guy. NASA just crashed a spacecraft into an asteroid. One of the most common doomsday scenarios is an asteroid crushing into Earth that will kill all of us, or maybe the dinosaurs, or maybe nobody at all. But we are now not in immediate danger of getting killed by an asteroid. But NASA used this time to try to knock out a random passing space rock. And it was successful in doing so. Now, we don't know if it's altered the course yet or not, but they did hit it with success, hitting it at the speeds of 14,000 miles per hour. They essentially sent NASA's double asteroid redirection test, which is known as DART, into an exciting stage yesterday when they actually banged into the asteroid itself to see if it will make it move. So why did NASA strike it? Basically, it's to see if we are successfully able to advert Armageddon, and if we can actually need to knock something out of the way in the coming future. Exciting times for mankind indeed. We might be able to successfully save the world if an asteroid threatens it. So fans of Earth Storm 2006 or Deadly Skies movie, The Apocalypse of 2007, Meteor Storm 2010, or Edge of Tomorrow 2014 fans are going to be a little upset if we can actually alter and change the end of the world scenario movies you all love. All right, story number three. The shell company trying to buy Trump's true social digital world has been struggling to get its buyout deal with Trump's social network over the line. But 
it has changed its headquarters address from the WeWork that it currently had to a mailbox at a UPS store. That's right. The company or shell company trying to buy Trump's social network has changed its headquarters address to a UPS mailbox. The company that's trying to buy uh, Trump's true social app has switched its headquarters, has switched its negotiation, and is unable to communicate directly with anybody from the press. Digital World Acquisition, or so-called Blank Check Company, is not only struggling for an office location, but it's also to close the deal for True Social. A staff member at the UPS store now confirmed the Unit 450, which is specifically in line for Digital World's new headquarter address, is one of its mailboxes. So that's right. If you're in 3109 Grand Avenue, Miami, you can go right now down and visit the virtual headquarters or the mailbox at Unit 450 of the UPS store for Digital World's new headquarters. Trump announced earlier in 2021 he wanted to create his own social media app after Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube barred him from the Capitol siege on January 6, 2021. Trump has repeatedly criticized the platform for removing his accounts and accused them of violating his First Amendment rights. So he created this own True Social Network, which has considerably less users and are dropping by the minute. As Sam Beckett would say in most episodes of the sci-fi show Quantum Leap, oh boy. All right, story number four. Russians' campaign spent $100,000 on an anti-Ukraine propaganda, Meta says. So Meta, essentially Facebook's headquarters, says that it has disrupted I'm sure glad that they've helped out. A sophisticated Russian influence operating essentially across social media platforms, including Facebook and Instagram, as well as Twitter, YouTube, Telegram, and even LiveJournal. And a new report essentially says Meta influenced the campaign and was actually looking at the sprawling network of more than 60 fake websites. We're going to be talking about this and coming up in just a little bit on our next segment with Nick. In a bid for borrowed credibility, some of those sites impersonated mainstream European news outlets like The Guardian and Build and many others. The social media accounts within the network shared spoofed articles from these news outlets, mostly criticizing Ukrainians and the Ukrainian refugees and essentially a pro-Russian comment. Content in the spoofed article was produced in English, French, German, Italian, Spanish, Russian, and Ukrainian, among other languages. So now, is this the world's most complex Russian organized operation to disrupt the social media network since the beginning of the war in Ukraine? Well, we're going to talk about that. But Meta says that they have come to the challenge to make sure this won't happen uh, moving forward. I'm sure they probably took some of the money first off before they actually took a look at this. But we'll see about that. More precise details of the campaign has been shared with misinformation research groups and more information should be shared later, Meta said. All right. Those are our top stories in the first five minutes. Up next, we have our segment, Ask the Expert, with our guest, Nick Espinoza. That was your current news on the day. And now we're going to be talking in our next segment about hacks, breach, cyber attacks, and many different aspects across the globe. This is essentially going to be a potpourri of questions that I get to ask Nick on a little of extended interview. We'll be right back. I'm, you're listening to Tech Time Radio. I'm your host, Nathan Mum. Hey, Mike. Yeah, what's happening? Did you know for every $1 spent on email marketing, you receive $36 in return? That's pretty awesome, right? Yeah. But it's all so complicated. All those advanced tools and features, you don't know how to approach them at all. 
What if there was an email marketing platform where you don't have to rack your brains to get started? A tool that's not overloaded with unnecessary features you don't want to pay for and, believe it or not, has a support team available 24-7 even on the free plan. There is a solution, Mike. Let me introduce you to Selzy, a tool that makes email marketing as easy as one, two, three. With Selzy, you can launch your first campaign in 15 minutes. No coding required. A very easy to use intuitive email builder with over 300,000 GIFs and stickers to choose from and 500,000 plus free stock images, a customizable countdown timer and more. Create emails for any business goal from e-commerce to nonprofits. Easily create automated email sequences for your business. Get 24-7 support via chat, email and phone even on the free plan. Selzy has just launched a special deal. You can now get a lifetime access to all Selzy features for just $49. All the core features, unlimited emails, automation, segmentation, advanced analytics for the price of 10 lattes. Selzy is the easiest way to start selling with emails. Try it now. Click the link in this episode description on Tech Time Radio to get that special deal. No commissions or hidden fees. To learn more information, visit them at the simple and easy site to remember. Just go and visit selzy.com. That's S-E-L-Z-Y.com. The easiest way to send emails. Welcome back to Tech Time with Nathan Mum. Tech Time Radio is the weekly hour technology show that talks about current technology in a simple format without having to geek out. Brought to you by myself, Nathan Mum, and Mike Corday, who is out on vacation uh, hopefully be back in the studio next week. We'll be excited to have him return. We just had our first whiskey tasting, though, uh, during the break. And now let me tell you about what we're sipping in our pick of the day during the show. We have chosen. Uh, Odie and I are uh, Odie's going to come on and, and taste this because she always tastes it. We got the Beer Moon Spirits American Whiskey. $17.99. So this is the college uh, price, right? Under 20 bucks. <laughs> we got 90 proof. Bear Moon Spirits trace its route to the inspirational serenity of the wilderness of Sonoma County, where the American black bear have called home for millennia. They have released a whiskey that is light and smooth. Their goal is to bring this Bay Area selection to the ultimate premium quality spirit to the consumers while maintaining a premium price point. The company is Dynasty Spirits. It's unknown distillery, but bottled somewhere in San Francisco, California. Classification American whiskey. No age stated. It is 90 proof. Mash bill is undisclosed. And the price, again, is $17.99 for the 750 milliliter. What did you think of it, Odie? You know, honestly, when it went in my mouth and I swallowed it, it went down really smooth. But the scent like went up my nose okay. and lingered there for a bit. So, so I don't know how I feel about it. You know, maybe if we keep it out and breathing. Yeah. You know, it's not the worst we've ever had no, on the show. No, and I did enjoy it because it was smooth. I did enjoy how it went down, but I don't understand what it smelled like. You know, when you walk into a movie theater and it's just that popcorn smell. Yeah. That's it does have a corn smell, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it stayed in my nose it and is. just that musk. All right. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, we'll see if this gets one thumbs or two thumbs up at the end of the show. Well, right now. After we got that, we're going to get ready to bring on our guest. This is Nick Espinosa. He's joining the show. He's an expert in cybersecurity and network infrastructure. Nick Espinosa has been consulted with clients ranging from small business to the Fortune 100 level. In 1998, at age 19, Nick founded Windy City Networks. Later acquired in 2015, he created Security Fanatics, where he's the chief security fanatic. Let's welcome Nick to our video stream to start our next segment. 
Welcome to the segment we call Ask the Experts. With our Tech Time Radio expert, Nick Espinoza. All right. We are excited. Nick, we got an extended version here. Without Mr. Gorday, I got through those stories pretty quick, so there's nobody to to banter with. So we got lots of now. I, I, my producer said that you may be able to stay on for a couple of the other segments. Is that correct? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Let's, let's have some fun. All right. Well, that's that's great. Well, thank you very much. Now, right on. you're out. I, I, I get a lot of fan mail. So we are now up to a, a whole bunch that we get. I get a guy every week that sends me an email when you're not on the show and asks me when you're going to be back on. So he's excited that I'm sure he is going to be thrilled right. that you're back on. And, and, and this week I also had some uh, segment changes. So we have a new music in one of our deals. So we, we get lots of right information. On. But let's. And, and, and if I could just say, Steve, the check is in the mail. Thank you for the email. I think his name is actually Leonard. But if Steve is related to Leonard, then it's, <laughs> I think it's Leonard, like, 93 at uh, yahoo.com, but I don't want to put his, na- his email out there. No, but no worries. I'm no pretty worries. sure that's actually it. Did, but okay. <laughs> did, yeah. uh, maybe Leonard won't send me an email, but he does. He's like, where's Nick okay. again? I'm like, okay, well, now, Nick, well, here I am. let everybody know you don't live in the Seattle area because we're a Seattle area show. Where do you live again to remind everybody? I live in the Chicagoland area. Chicagoland. So you're so you're like mid. So you're in uh, Eastern. Are you on Eastern Central? What's what's your what's your time? Uh, so so we're in Central Time. We're on the border of Eastern. Okay, perfect. There you go. I can wow. just drive into Indiana and Eastern Time. It is. There you, know? you go. All right. Well, glad. And you were at speaking uh, the last couple of weeks at a couple trade shows and a couple of big events. Yeah, yeah. I've been to Colorado, Alabama, Ohio. I'll be in Halifax, Canada, in a couple of days. Speaking of another conference, and then back in Ohio next week. So it's been uh, it's been a pretty busy month. Okay, there you go. Well, hopefully you can yeah. uh, enjoy some time at home and definitely enjoy some whiskey. Now, I hear you have a whiskey. What, what's your whiskey that you're sipping right now? Ah, uh, so yes, I have the Nika coffee grain whiskey. Okay. As given to me by my friend Kevin, who is very good at Japanese whiskeys, and it is fantastic. All right, we're going to have to... I think we may have had that on earlier uh, in one of our shows, but I'll have to take a look at that. We are, we're, we're, I, I guarantee you, you cannot find this anywhere in the world. We have this blue, this Bear Moon Spirits. I can't find anything about it. I don't know where I got this bottle. I think somebody gave it to me uh, as a gift. That doesn't make me feel real good. <laughs> it's, it, it has a, a, a screw top, which is normally a, an absolute no-go. But uh, it's not as bad as I thought. I was really yes. uh, expecting to be bored. So, so I, had an ex, I had an ex whose family is from Kentucky. And we'd go down to Kentucky and we would just get like mason jars of alcohol, yeah, just like straight up Kentucky moonshine, and it was fantastic. Well, I got a next door neighbor. He makes moonshine. I'm not allowed to say his name, but he makes moonshine. Well, he's your next door neighbor. He's my next door neighbor. So <laughs> you, can you, say, you can say his email address. On the air. I mean, we'll do that. <laughs> there you go. But let me just tell you, this guy is amazing with his uh, alcohol, and he's got some type of old school recipe, and he's got steins all nice. over everywhere. You know, this kind of the back. Uh, of the hills in, in in our little area. We got these five acres, nice. so he kind of hides it back there. But let, let's talk about technology. We're, I think you're going to sure. be excited about some of these questions that we have. I got your favorite social media application on this list here, TikTok, too. So I'm sure you're going to be great. But let's start out. We, we talked in uh, the last segment kind of about domain shadowing, people impersonating domains. Domain shadowing is becoming more popular among cyber criminals. Domain shadowing is becoming one of the most popular items that they can use. This threat analysis at Palo Alto Networks Unit 42 discovered the phenomenon of domain shadowing might be more prevalent than previously thought, undercovering 12,197 cases 
while scanning the web between April and June of 2022. All right, Nick, what is domain shadowing? Yeah, yeah. Well, first things first, my favorite social media platform is actually Friendster. I'm one of the last three people on there just keeping it down. That will come back. I'm telling you, it's okay. misunderstood. <laughs> now with that, let's talk about domain shadowing. Now this is kind of a, like it basically, it's, it's a type of a DNS hijacking where the criminal actually breaks into the domain, but doesn't actually change anything on the domain. Instead, they create what is called a subdomain and they point it typically somewhere malicious. Now, for those in the audience that don't really understand DNS, and I am not getting technical on here, on, 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 you know, on the show here, DNS is basically the protocol that matches a numeric address called an IP address to what we see when we type in a web browser. So for example, if I go to techtimeradio.com, as you all should daily, uh, DNS is basically what matches techtimeradio.com to its numeric IP address. So you see Tech Time Radio in your browser, but you're actually going to this block of numbers called an IP address. So if I hack into the DNS provider for techtimeradio.com, and I won't, providing Nathan keeps uh, basically paying my bills, in the case of domain shadowing, I would actually basically not touch techtimeradio.com, but I would create a subdomain, something like free iPhone giveaway at tech, free iPhone giveaway.techtimeradio.com, similar to www, but obviously different, right? So free iPhone giveaway.techtimeradio.com. And then I would point that to like a malicious phishing site where I basically slap up Nathan's picture and Mike's picture and say, hey, sign up for a free iPhone giveaway and I would steal your information. Now, Nathan and Mike would not know what was happening because the actual techtimeradio.com would be working just fine. You could go there, you wouldn't be infected, you can watch past shows and videos and all that kind of stuff. And Google, the large search engine, would eventually find it and basically publish that out there as well. So as people start Googling for Tech Time Radio, that's a potential hit that you might click on because you're like, oh, I like Tech Time Radio and they're giving away a free iPhone. I didn't know about that or I forgot to hear about that on the air. You click it and here we are. That's in a nutshell, essentially what domain shadowing is. So it's really, yeah, so that's that's a great example. So it's essentially taking a known website like msn.com or yahoo.com, finding a way to create a directory underneath there where you can hide information and actually have it so that you're sending it out. And that way, spam tools and other DNS tools already know, well, hey, techtimeradio.com is good or yahoo.com is a a known site. I don't need to block incoming traffic from that site. I'll let it come on in because it must be good because we know that their main master site has been there yeah. Uh, for a long time, has been validated. Right, and th- and that's and that's exactly right because you're going like let's say it's I don't know you you buy tractors for a living and you're going to tractorsupply.com or whatever it is. You know, if I spin up a fake you know like you know tractor giveaway dot tractorsupply.com, if you're going there constantly, again your firewalls, your threat detection systems are not going to see that necessarily as malicious because these things are always retroactive. Now. The way to check this, though, you can go on to like your website. If you had tools in there and you go on your website and you can see some of these subdomains that are created, right? So it's not that it's right. just completely hidden. It's normally neglected because you don't go on and take a look at your directory structure of your website uh, that often. But it is right. available there where if you actually had someone monitoring the website, you would see, hey, there's a subdirectory here called iPhone giveaway, and I didn't create that. So let's actually delete that so that we can't have anything else continue uh, from that site itself. Right, right. And one of the things that we always advise is making sure that you have good automated change management solutions in place. So when basically you get an alert that says, hey, there's free iPhone giveaway.techtimeradio.com. I didn't do that. Mike, did you do that? Nick, did you do that? No. Great. Now we've got to go investigate. Now we can see what's going on. 
uh, obviously you've been compromised. So, so there are things that you can do to essentially lock those things down and make sure that you're managing those things. But again, it's, it's any kind of change, any an anomaly, because most of us, when we set up a website, we almost never go back to change anything. Right. So that one email you get a year that says, hey, somebody's trying to log in or, hey, you have a new subdomain and nobody's done that. It gives you that ability to turn around and then change your passwords, lock everything back down, delete the malicious you know, subdomain, whatever it is. So why is this a new hot trend for uh, cyber criminals? Why? Why is this now the idea that they're getting into? Is it that so many of these sites are left open that there's not a lot of management on the websites? Why do you think where this is becoming such a hot topic now? Well, in, in part, we're, we're creatures of complacency, meaning I use my same password for Facebook as I do my bank and my company login, and therefore I, I use it for my DNS provider login as well, all those kinds of things. So finding stolen usernames and passwords in the dark web that could then potentially take you uh, to log into these so you gain access to this is, is, is kind of prevalent. On top of that, threat detections take time to find malicious domains and blacklist them. But if you have a historically very valid, not malicious you know, website, then it's gonna take even longer sometimes to actually find these things. Now that it's coming to light, Palo Alto, specifically Unit 42, who is basically doing the cyber lord's work when it comes to threat detection, you know, they will start pushing out these things to start looking for these things more aggressively. But until then, it's very, very hard or, or it takes a lot of time to catch up. Every single day, there are a ton of fake websites, domains, subdomains created purely for criminal activity. And so they go undetected for quite some time. I mean, take a look at the beginning of the pandemic. I was a chief spokesperson for the COVID-19 Cyber Threat Coalition. And at the height of the criminal activity at the beginning of the pandemic, like late March, early April, we were witnessing over 5,000 malicious domains being created every single day, basically to sell you fake toilet paper, fake PPE, all those kinds of things. So this is going to be a very prevalent thing that we're going to see for years to come. It's just a new vector that criminals have figured out um, you know, how to exploit. And so we really have to make sure we've got good DNS security in place. So if I'm a website owner, so and I use a, an application like Wix or one of these simpler tools that are out there, because WordPress is kind of that second level. I wouldn't say it's sure. complex, but it's kind of that second level. How, as an owner of a website, can I make sure that I don't have a subdomain running on my site, because I may have no clue, right? So I, I created a site, I created a simple password, hopefully it didn't get compromised by some phishing attack, but it could be. What what would I do as a user to go in and see if there's maybe some of these subdomains that I can then delete or, or, or take care of? Right. So so the most the most prevalent thing would be to go to your DNS provider. Usually when people are registering a website, they go to a registrar. We'll use a basic example like GoDaddy or something like yep. that or Wix. Uh, they're going to give you controls that say, hey, here's everything in your DNS. This could be how you're routing your email. This could be going to your www.whateveryourwebsiteis.com. And so you can go through and look at that. Now, a lot of these will also give you alerting for things like change management, as we were talking about before. So if suddenly you create a subdomain, basically you'll get an email that says, hey, like there's a new subdomain that's been created on yourdomain.com. Did you do this? You know, just, hey, giving you a heads up so you know. There are other things that you can enable as well, like multi-factor authentication. Uh, there are monitoring systems as well that you can buy if you're a larger business, um, you know, 
but just for the everyday person that says, hey, I've got a website and I'm putting this up, a lot of them are not going to be buying these kinds of things, which is why understanding this change management, I think, is incredibly important because if we don't know or we're not keeping an eye on these things, we have no idea how long we could potentially have something malicious on there when our username and password has been compromised. And that's the other core part is use good passwords, do not reuse passwords because you never know when they're going to get compromised and on what platform. So if you have the same password you know, for your DNS provider as you do for Facebook, as you do for your bank, please go ahead and change that as soon as humanly possible because something like 20 to 30,000 Facebook employees can read that password if you didn't know. So this is a huge, huge thing. But change management, I think, is at the core of this. So the best thing, I guess, to tell everybody is that make sure you enable multi-factor authentication. I know every website has that. And so that gets an alert. And when I try to log on to techtimeradio.com, there's a, a secret URL I have to use, which is not the common WordPress URL. And then you actually get a confirmation that I have to type in my six-digit code on my phone to ensure that I can actually log on to the site itself. So make sure you that, – they're pretty simple. I think yeah. every website has at least multi-factor authentication enabling. Right. If you have right. a website hosted by someone that doesn't have that, get off right. and go to, to someplace else that, that provides right. those services. I, I, will not use, I will not use any kind of infrastructure provider like a hosting provider that does not give me the ability to enable the basic multi-factor authentication through like an authenticator app or have the ability to tie into an identity management platform uh, and that's that's more of a business thing. But yes, multi-factor authentication is table stakes at this point for anything you're doing infrastructure because it's so easy to hijack or, or attack usernames and passwords without multi-factor authentication. All right. So let's move on a little bit. This is a little bit technical. Now we're going to talk about firewalls and different items. So Sophos mm-hmm. uh, warned today that a critical code injection security vulnerability in the company's firewall product is being exploited in the wild. Sophos has observed this vulnerability being used as a target for small, specific organizations, primarily in the South Asia region. The security software and hardware vendor warned users. Nick, what is code injection to a firewall or network device? Yeah, first things first, this is why we drink in cybersecurity. This this is is. is why we have our own dedicated wing at Alcoholics Anonymous (laughs) because of these kinds of things. So basically, in a nutshell, if we're talking about this, code injection is a term that is basically used to describe attacks that simply inject code into an application platform or operating system. That's basically it. The injected code is then interpreted by the uh, application and then therefore changes the way the program kind of executes or runs. So in the case of a firewall like Sophos's firewall or a network appliance, let's say like a like a, an advanced wireless access point or level three switch, all those kinds of things. Uh, this could be as simple as a Comcast home router too, right? So I oh, mean, yeah, I, so, yeah. this, so if we're trying to bring it down to the everyday level, I mean, this could be a Comcast uh, network device that you have. Correct. Any device that you have to plug in to get the network from the main central source into a house, a business or work environment, this is the type of device we're talking about. Right, right. So that was my next point, but yes, okay, sorry. sorry. <laughs> home, home and business, start yep. start with business. But the, the point is, is that essentially, if you're looking at this in the way these things execute, it's very similar to inject uh, using other in- types of injection attacks, like against databases, those kinds of things. So you get basically to an open field, like a username and password where you can get to type things in. And then instead of typing in a username and password, you basically insert malicious code into the field. And if, if there's the vulnerability is there, the uh, firewall or modem, Comcast modem, whatever it is, will actually accept that code and then execute the code within the device that then alters 
basically how it's operating. So for example, uh, you know, if I'm talking about, let's say like a business or even home, if I browse to like a portal webpage for let's say my company's VPN, where I see the username and password and all those kinds of things, if those fields are insecure, meaning they're vulnerable, like let's say the Sophos vulnerability that they have, um, instead of just typing in that username, I'm gonna type in that code and then the firewall might just let me in or it might shut down or it might open something for me, in the case of a Comcast modem, uh, it would be the same thing. I might be able to bypass the authentication and then change things in there, such as you know how it's operating, even just shut it down, weaponize it, or infect it in some way. So, so basically, code injection as well as command injection, which is where you're actually just executing commands in a in a field that is vulnerable, is a huge problem we have in cybersecurity, especially in development. So, let me ask you this: Can you inject code into one of these network wireless routers that would actually capture keystroking and key logging. Yes. So what you would essentially do is um, the first thing you would do, depending on the, the situation, is you can either, one, inject code that turns it into what is known as command and control. And so we basically send out um, or establish a connection to a command and control server that would allow us to download other applications or code that would then allow us to do things like key logging or capture information um, or even, uh, you know, if it's sophisticated enough, decrypt traffic going to places is like a bank, you know, that little green lock that you see in your browser. So, you know, it's encrypted from your computer to the bank or your phone to the bank. Well, if we can decrypt that and capture that information and then re-encrypt it, your bank can see you as secure. You can see you as secure and then we can get access into that. So, yeah, that is a that is a very possible thing to do. And key logging is just one of many different tactics we can use. So essentially how sophisticated and how uh, concerned are we regarding this warning that was announced today by Sophos? So here's the thing. Anytime an organization like Sophos, who makes firewalls and software and, you know, a whole bunch of other stuff, when they are announcing that they have a vulnerability, it means they have fixed the vulnerability. And so the basic way this works is a cybersecurity researcher, let's say I'm the one researching into Sophos, I find a way in. The ethical thing for me to do is to contact Sophos and say, hey, I found an issue, I found an, uh, an error, This, in this case, a code injection, here's how I did it. Sophos will validate that and say, yes, oh my gosh, we do have a problem. And then the clock is ticking because I'm going to publish my results after a certain amount of time, 90 days, 120 days, whatever that is, to give Sophos enough time to actually fix the vulnerability and then push out an update for every device that basically has this vulnerability. So if you are a Sophos customer, meaning you're using this specific product, you now have to go and make sure, because this is Sophos telling you, hey, the world knows that this is out there, go download this, go patch this, that is so very important. But when, they, when they're ad advertising these things, it's usually because, hey, we've got a fix in place, and so go get the fix. All right, so next, let's move on to one of your favorite applications. TikTok may be fined $27 million for failing to protect children. TikTok could face a $25 million fine for failing to protect the children on its platform. The UK's Information Commissioner Office, the ICO, found that the video-sharing platform may have processed the data of under 13-year-olds without appropriate consent. Nick, first question. Does this surprise you? No. No. Next question. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, honest to God. I mean, you're talking to the guy here that did a viral video called Delete TikTok Now. Yep. Yeah, you know, I mean, this should come as no surprise to anybody that's followed privacy news for TikTok. They have had basically uh, privacy issues 
child predator problems since they were originally musically before ByteDance Beijing out of China bought them. So this is a huge problem, not to mention whistleblowers, where we know that, you know, the Chinese government has access into this. The privacy is a complete, complete mess for, for TikTok. So this surprises me absolutely none whatsoever. Just another day that ends in Y in the world of TikTok, to be perfectly honest. Now, now TikTok says that it they, that disputes the findings, noting that they are provisional and that they didn't know that this was essentially happening uh, all the way up until July of 2020. So do you think TikTok didn't know this was happening? Uh, no. No. I mean, I, I think they knew. I think they knew what was going on. Um, I, I honestly, and again, that's my opinion. That's my speculation. Sure. But we've we've had a lot of reports coming out of TikTok. They recently had an exposure of over two billion users. I mean, th- th- this is this is not news to anybody that's really been following this company. There have been privacy violation after privacy violation. This is honestly just just their modus operandi. And essentially, what they're doing is they're getting caught. This also, for the record, is not the first fine they've ever gotten over privacy violations uh you know this is maybe coming out of you know the eu or the uk but you know they've had trouble with the ftc here as well in the united states not to mention australia and some other places as well so this this is zero surprise whatsoever um you know we literally know that that their their um executives their american executives lied to congress when they said that the chinese government and chinese employees have zero access into u.s data you know so so no i I, I, I think they're lying through their teeth. That is my opinion. All right. So let me ask you, would you allow a 13 years or under to use any social media platform? So forget, I, I clearly, I don't think you'd say yes to TikTok, but would you allow a 13, if you had a 13 year old or younger, mm-hmm. would you allow them mm-hmm. on any social media application? Yeah. Well, first things first with TikTok, I wouldn't let a man child under 80 use TikTok or a woman child, if that's an actual term too. Sure. But um, in terms of social media, I mean, here in the United States, we have the COPPA, the Child Online Privacy Protection Act or COPA or COPPA uh, that is supposed to protect children. But we've seen violations of this, uh, you know, basically this standard from Facebook to TikTok to you name it. But on top of that, and I, I know I've mentioned this on, on the air here before, is we have some very serious psychological issues when we are, have children going on these things. One, these platforms are addictive, you know, to the, the, the self harm that children are now seeing. We've seen spikes basically since about 2011, 2012, when Facebook really started to come into play and Facebook was the founder of this. Um, essentially we saw huge rises in depression, suicidal tendencies, uh, you know, or thoughts, cutting, especially in girls. And we saw that in boys, but a huge spike in girls as well. And studies have shown, you can go read iGen, you can go read the coddling of the American, uh, of the uh, American child, like the, 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 there are so American mind, excuse me, by Jonathan Haidt. There are, there's so much research out there now that shows us that adopting social media, especially at a younger age, under the age of 18 or 19 is detrimental to basically your self image. You know, it is it is harmful for kids. And so, no, I wouldn't recommend it. And part of this is, well, I don't want my kid to be a pariah. Well, yeah, but at the same token, parents got a parent, which sometimes means saying no, especially if it's in the child's best interest. So, no, I'm not a fan of it. We've seen what it's done. We've got longitudinal studies decade plus now. So, no, I would not use. I don't even like it. It's just a necessary (laughs) evil in my life. You know, I understand. All right. Last question. And then and then we got other stuff that we got to move to. But let's talk about this Interpol seeks an arrest for a failed crypto firm boss, Doan. Interpol has asked law enforcement agencies worldwide to find and arrest Doan, founder of the failed cryptocurrency Terra. The BBC says Koreans 
uh, red notice has been issued for the 31-year-old who's accused of fraud over the company's $40 billion collapse. All right, so explain in a brief deal, what is Terra Crypto? Yeah, so so Terra is an interesting one compared to like a lot of the other um, cryptocurrencies out there because Terra is one of those ones that was, I should say was, probably not is anymore, now known as what is called a stable coin. Now, a stable coin is basically designed to maintain a fixed price peg, so it makes it uh, attractive as a safe harbor for investors. And without getting too deeply technical into this, here's a quick history. So basically, Terra, this crypto, the stable coin cryptocurrency, had a bifurcation. And due to the split, the original version was expanded to offer support for developers of stable coins to basically, you know, try to try to attract, um, you know, try to attract investors. Now, the other cryptocurrency that they split into was one called Luna. So Terra was the stable coin that was pegged to like other currencies. So Terra coin basically was pegged to the US dollar. It was also pegged to the Korean won as well to basically make it attractive for investors because you see the volatility, you know, of cryptocurrency. Oh, it's worth $20,000. Now it's worth 10 bucks. Now it's worth 15,000. Now it's worth 22, you know. And so they were trying to get around that. Luna was the government governance side of that platform to basically try to validate the blockchain for everybody. And so it obviously did not go as planned. There's a lot of fallout, um, you know, and, and the whole point of this was essentially to try and attract investors who had lost money uh, basically in the market downturn like a year or two ago when we had we saw crashes in cryptocurrency and everything was going down and, and, and vice versa. The goal here was to maintain trust and restore trust, you know, in the stable coin environment. And that obviously did not work. All <laughs> right. Know? So let me ask the last question. How much money do you have in crypto saved right now? I, I'll How tell much? you, I, I, I got less than a thousand and I, I was a big player in that. How much do you have in the crypto minefield yourself? So I've got, um, in terms of cryptocurrency, it's way more than that. Okay. But I, I don't consider that as a, a investment. I use it when clients call and say, help, I've got a ransomware event and I need a Bitcoin or Monero or something. Okay. It's the only thing we really use it for at this point. All right. I got you. All right. So I used to invest in it. I don't anymore. So anybody listening out there that says, oh, cryptocurrency is a great way to invest still. Uh, yeah, you missed your window uh, about two years ago. Did. That's right. Kinda All right. Well, now that is going to end our segment. Ask the expert. Up next, we have This Week in Technology. So now would be a great time to enjoy a little whiskey on the side, as I will be doing so myself. And Nick will be joining us after also. You're listening to Tech Time Radio with Nathan Mum. See you in a few minutes. Hey, Mike. Yeah, what's going on? Have you heard of Unidragon.com? Yeah, isn't that the puzzle people? It is. They are the largest manufacturer and sellers of wooden puzzles in the world. Let me tell you about it. They have tons of designs, all is set $29.95 on their website at unidragon.com. Yeah, I know. I've seen them. I, I really like the owl one. All of these are laser cut to perfection. Instead of those old traditional puzzles that you get that are done on cheap cardboard backings, these are all done with wood cutouts, laser cut, and the images, instead of the standard jigsaw puzzle, actually include different animals within the puzzle itself to put together. It's like it's like those big collages where they have faces that turn into Empire State Buildings and stuff. That's correct. Absolutely. You really see so you, you you like the charming owl? Well, I really like the owl. And right now there's a special going on for any Tech Time Radio listeners. If they put in the code Dragon Tech, they'll receive 10% off until June 1st, 2021. That's cool. I'm gonna put an order in today. And of course, my favorite, the inspiring unicorn. Are you gonna get the fox or are you gonna get the dragon or the fish? What 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 are you looking to get? 
No, man, I'm going to get the owl. You're going to get the owl, not the serious panda? No, but the owl. It's all about the owl, man. I'm it's, a night owl. You're a night owl. You are a night owl. Visit unidragon.com today and make sure to put in Dragon Tech as your code to receive 10% off. And remember... Yeah, those are really cool. I really like the owl. Mike likes the owl. And now, let's look back at this week in technology. All right, we're going back to September 26, 1973. The supersonic aircraft Concorde makes its first nonstop Atlantic crossing and sets a new speed record for the process. Flying from Washington, D.C. to Paris, France in three hours and 32 minutes at an average speed of 954 miles per hour, the Concorde cut the old speed record in half. But on July 25th, uh, 2000 Air France flight 4590 crashed shortly after takeoff with all 109 occupants and four on the ground were killed. The only fatal accident involving the Concorde essentially put the commercial services and suspended it until November of 2001. And at that time, the Concorde aircraft decided to retire in 2003 after 27 years of commercial operations. That was This Week in Technology. Have you ever wanted to watch some Tech Time history? With over two hours of video podcasts and blog information, you can visit techtimeradio.com to watch our older shows, join the Tech Timers Facebook group, or talk to us live during the uh, radio air. We're going to take a commercial break. When we return, we have Mark's Mumbles and our Technology Fail of the Week. We'll see you after the break. Tech Time Radio is brought to you today by Nutility, the platform that makes utility management seamless by selecting your service providers, splitting a single bill amongst roommates, and then shutting off your service when it's time for you to move out. Nutility reviews your preferences and sets up all the utilities for you. This provides you with the best local provider in your service area. It's much easier than splitting up your bills between roommates. No more late Larry not being able to get to you on time to make the payments, and no more Venmo charges or PayPal charges. One place to do your billing so that everybody pays on time. Now, how can you use this great service from Utility, you ask? Aha. Well, you can absolutely get it now and get three months for free. That's correct. If you go to Nutility.com. Again, it kind of sounds like Utility, but it's Nutility.com. Use the tech code 3. And again, that's N-U-T-I-L-I-T-I.com. Get your first three months for free using the code TECH3. From experts in technology to an expert in whiskey. Now is our segment for you whiskey connoisseurs. Welcome to the Mark Mumble of the Week. All right, we got Bear Moon Spirits, which borrows its name for the lore of several Native American nations across the Midwest. As one of the brightest moons on the calendar, a bear moon occurs just shy of the first full moon of the new year. And it is dubbed due to the preference of many bears giving birth to cubs in January through their annual hibernations. Now on to the whiskey. I'm sure Nathan was hesitant at it has a screw top. And in case of this, he is correct. The nose is almost all just pungent ethanol. Sipping on it is quite the opposite. It is a very bland, almost to no taste, except for a little pepper water. Not a whiskey for Mark. Mark would try hiding this cocktail if he could, or maybe cook with it. Besides, their website only shows a vodka. Who can really count this as a reference online to their whiskey? What does this tell you? Thumbs down for Mark. Odie, what would you think? See, I'm kind of surprised by that because I, I now like it. 
You now like it. Yeah. I almost asked you for another shot. Like, I, I did enjoy it. It's not bad. I'm it's actually, not bad. as it's sitting out here, that, that first smell that kind of went on up into the nose. Also, the pepper wood, whatever yep. that was, exactly what I was feeling. It is. Yeah. yeah. Well, and it's 18 bucks for the record, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> so, and I could mix this in a little bit of a drink. I've had an old fashioned with this or a little bit of syrup, yeah, a little you can't bit. argue with yeah. it. Yeah. No, I, I you yeah. know, and I, after the it's not Canadian mist type. Let me bad. tell you, it's, it's yeah. way better than that. Oh. <laughs> oh, speaking of which, did you hear the, the, the inventor of two buck Chuck died? Oh, did, I did not know that. Uh, yeah, yeah, he, he died. So you can pour out a few of those because they're cheap for him. <laughs> well, but. let me just tell you, Trader Joe's is not the place to get your whiskey. No, <laughs> my wife goes there and she buys stuff. And she's like, we should try this. You should try this. It is some of the, um, yeah, um, yeah. Yes, okay. we, we have an amazing liquor store in our area. It's called Binnie's. Yeah. It is like, it is enormous. It is always top shelf. I want to have my ashes scattered there. It's amazing. Ah, uh, no, I, I go to the wines and more. I do, I do enjoy the wines and more because I got so many horrible, whiskeys that you can kind of browse around that you know i, I kind of like that so that's kind of the, the person i am all right well now let's move on thank you mark for that mumble now it's time to move to the elderberry boost dash com technology fail of the week is why you fail. all right this fail comes to us from marysville ohio listen to this nick honda wants factory workers to pay back overpaid bonuses did you have a chance to see this headline? I didn't. No. <laughs> so so uh, Honda wants factory workers to pay back its overpaid bonus. Uh, Honda sent an email to employees at the Marysville, Ohio auto plant yesterday requesting the repayment of overpaid wages. Workers at the plant, which includes the Acura Integra, Honda Accord, the Acura TLX, and the Honda CRV, will have to repay the bonus payment mistakenly made by Honda. The reason for the error was a computer glitch, in, in parentheses, but the overpaid wages could prove to be a hardship for the employees of the plant. This can present a real hardship to workers who need to pay their bills. Workers are used to getting bonus and payments all the time from Honda, so they did not expect to pay this portion back. Times are hard for a lot of folks, and extra money can go a long way. Now that the extra money for a mortgage, a car payment, or something needs to come back, Honda is in its legal rights to request for the overpayment, and there is no recourse for the workers and their wages. The mistake of overpaying employees has no penalty, and Honda is handling the situation as good as it can, even if it presents challenging situations to its workers. Under the Fair Labor Standard Act, overpayments can be recouped by the employer. Honda has given the employees, though, until September 22nd to choose their method of repayment, they can pay up front, deduct it from the amount of future paychecks or from a future bonus. Either way, it looks like the workers will have to give back the mistakenly paid money back to Honda. Now, what's what's your thoughts on this, Odie? I mean, Odie, Nick, what's, what's your thoughts? How dare they? How dare they? Is how that what you say? It doesn't matter how bad of a company or not how bad of a company you are, but like everybody is going through troubled times right now. Yeah. Maybe give like a year or so or something. To, to pay it back yeah. until the September. What do, what do you think, Nick? If, this, if you yeah. got a deposit, like maybe Google decided to put a quarter of a million dollars into your account and, <laughs> and, and, well, and you had it there, what, what would you do? Good luck with that. You know, I mean, it, and honestly, I mean, like, you know, to Odie's point too is, you know, you have to run the balance between, you know, the loss of potential profitability versus keeping everybody happy. 
you know, and if anything, I, I think the way Honda should have, you know, handle this as well, you know, Hey, we've already paid out the bonuses for the year then, you know, like, and it's, you've already been overpaid. And so here we are. So I think that's, that's the way they, they should handle it. I don't think they should take any money back from workers, um, you know, as well. And Honda, Honda workers are not paid nearly as much from what I understand as like, you know, Ford and GM, yep. they're not union, exactly. you know? So, so, so part of that I think is the balance that Honda has to pay. It's, it's an unfortunate accident for Honda, but I think they've got to eat it, at least in some way, shape, or form, to, to keep the workers happy. All right. Well, now we're going to move on to Mike's mesmerizing moment. Let's start that segment with me hosting that. This is Mike's mesmerizing moment, presented by Story Coffee. Visit storycoffee.com. All right, so here's the Mike's mesmerizing moment. Mike, what do you think about Netflix plan to launch its own video game studio? <laughs> well, thank you for asking. Okay, great. Uh, so Netflix is opening a new game studio. So let's kind of uh, shoot this around a little bit also. Why is Netflix getting into games? I, I just can't quite grasp what they're doing. I know that they have lots of money and they, they need to broaden their horizons. But why are they getting into games? Would you... Play a game in a Netflix-based platform. Can I, can I just say that they've already started doing that, and it's with the i or like um, phone games. Yep. And one of the ways that they are making it so that it's more centered towards them is like Stranger Things. Super into Stranger Things. Stranger Things came out, or Netflix came out with a Stranger Things game. Yep. And that's how I'm getting intrigued into it. So, so you they, like it? So if they keep doing that kind of, and it's like eight bit. Yeah, it's really cute. If they keep doing it that kind of way, I'm gonna be in it. You're gonna be in it, and it, and, it, and it's free, right? Because if you have the Netflix service, you don't yeah. have to pay for it. No, it's not even like you don't even need Netflix, honestly. Okay. You just you if you're gonna enjoy it more if you have Netflix and you know the characters and all that. All right, so Nick, what do you think about that? Netflix opening yeah. a game studio. Yeah, so they're bleeding left and right. We have a huge, huge playing field now with the Hulus and the Disney Pluses that are taking chunks out of the once dominant Netflix. And so they are trying to keep people in their ecosystem. I think in the long run, that ship has probably sailed for them, but we'll see where it goes. And to Odie's point, if you're really into, you know, um, Supernatural or yep. any one of the other big things that they have, and I cannot remember the name, Stranger, Stranger Things, things. then, then you're, you're going to go. But I think this is this is a gasp from a company that is having serious trouble right now. That makes sense. All right. Well, now we got to get to our pick of the day, Odie. So we had Mark say that this stuff was not even worth uh, using for cooking oil. But I, I, I'm going to change my mind and his mind hopefully soon, too. I give it a thumbs up. I'm giving it a thumbs up as well. You give it a thumbs up. Yes. Nick, how is your whiskey tasting? You give your whiskey a thumbs up? Two thumbs up, my friend. The two, two thumbs, thumbs up. up. All right. Okay, here we go. Well, remember, the science of the tomorrow starts with the technology of today. See you guys next week. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us on Tech Time Radio. We hope that you had a chance to have that hmm moment today in technology. The fun doesn't stop there. We recommend that you go to techtimeradio.com and join our fan list for the most important aspect of staying connected and winning some really great monthly prizes. We also have a few other ways to stay connected, including subscribing to our podcast on any podcast service from Apple to Google and everything in between. We're also on YouTube. So check us out on youtube.com slash techtimeradio, all one word. We hope you enjoyed the show as much as we did making it for you. From all of us at Tech Time Radio, remember, mum's the word. Have a safe and fantastic week.